Hi there, Glocal citizens. Welcome back to the podcast that inspires a borderless mindset around manifesting a new world. I am your host, Florence Adu, and I think this is one of my last interviews from Brooklyn for this winter season. Thank you, winter, for giving me real weather. Yeah, but we're moving on. I have what I call is my brethren New Yorker with me today. He moved to New York City to realize his dream of being a comedian. He quickly moved up the comedy hierarchy and established himself as one of the funniest comedians and most sought after hosts. Early in his career, he appeared on three seasons of BET's Comic View. He hosted the first and second underground comedy festivals in New York City, completed a year-long tour with the National Association for Campus Activities, appearing on campuses across the U.S., and hosted the longest-running weekly comedy room ever in Brooklyn, two steps down. Wow, those memories. Performing and hosting comedy clubs and colleges such as the Improv in Los Angeles and Miami to Caroline's and the Comedy Cellar, where he currently has nights um, during the week. I think one in the week and one in the weekend. He'll tell us more about that in New York City. From the outskirts of Nebraska to the shores of Bermuda, John has stood audiences on their feet across the globe. He recently ticked a new box on his resume, becoming a tech CEO with the launch of the Blap app. Jonathan Laster, welcome to the podcast. (laughs) You know how well you have to know me to call me Jonathan? (laughs) Yes, I do. That's why I did it. (laughs) You're one one step from John John. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Uh, Good, Good to be here. Yay, welcome. Yeah, let's get right into it. Where are you from? I didn't say it purposefully. Where are you from? Where are you local? And what is your craft? Yes, I am from uh, I'm from East Village, Colorado, and I'm currently in Brooklyn, New York. And I don't know, my craft, uh, E-40's got some line in one of his new songs where he said, I wear many hats. I'm something like lids. Ah, <laughs> so, I like I wear, that one. I wear many I hats. Wear many hats. I'm something <laughs> like lids. Um, <laughs> so yeah, my, my, uh, my day job is comedy. Actually, you know what? I take that back. My day job now is probably a startup. I'm CEO tech um, with Blap, an app to support Black-owned businesses. You can, it's an online shopping app. For Black-owned businesses, geolocated tells you what's right around you, and then you can shop online on the app. I think it's the most powerful tool for Black-owned businesses in the 402 years that we've been here. So, yeah, and then at night, you know, I'm down at the Comedy Cellar, at least Friday, Saturday, sometimes Sunday. And then I pick one day during the week because the startup is, has got me running now, especially yeah. since it's Black History Month. And, um, and there's a lot of people, including yourself, who are like, hey, John, I got a platform. We got to spread the word about this thing. Yay. So uh, let's take a step back to the East Village. (laughs) So when John mentioned that we go way back and that I have the ability to call him Jonathan is because we grew up together, basically. Yeah, absolutely. John's mother was my first ballet teacher back in the day. But before she was my first ballet teacher, John's brother and I were in the same grade. So we were in preschool, kindergarten, all through grade school, we were in the same school together. So yeah, we go really, really far back. All the way back. And so to watch John now, and you know, I think we both came to New York in about, at about the same time. Mm -hmm. 
pursuing our New York City dreams. And so it's just really, I'm just happy to be here and see you evolve into, you know, because I don't know if you all know, but comedy is a party scene. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So John was a party guy. (laughs) (laughs) You might still be a party guy, but I think he slowed down slightly. Oh, slightly is not even the word. Yeah, Yeah, but but it was party time back in. I mean, back then, you know, in, in my party days, Yo, to put it in perspective, I was in Miami one time and we walked into this strip club, Casino Cabaret down in Miami. And Miami, right? So I remember the DJ scratched the song and he said, I know that ain't John Laster. (laughs) Everybody's kind of looking around, right? And we saunter over to the VIP and we sitting there. I remember little John was there and common sitting there with us but i remember there's all these girls running over like oh my god john keep in mind this is when comic view was on tv twice okay. a day okay right yes. yeah you were a household face yes <laughs> hey so people would stop you in the street all the time and recite your jokes to you so of oh. course dancers keep the same hours as comedians all these dancers are run over and i remember we sit there to the vip my boy larry's on one side i think it was common on the other side but uh, I remember, I think it was Calvin, like, turned to my boy Larry and was like, yo, who is this nigga? <laughs> <laughs> who is this nigga? My boy Larry Dawson, said, yeah, they call him Party Man. John, John and the ladies and the drinking and the cocaine. and the Yeah, I was a, I was a ball of a, of a good time. Yeah, 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 that's so true. So, so I have to ask, you know, the John that I grew up with was all about basketball. He was, you know, you know, we obviously had fun, you know, growing up high school, but he was all about basketball, played college ball. So how did you, when we came to New York and you're a comedian, I was like, huh? You know, not that you weren't funny and, but tell us, how did comedy become your passion? Yeah. You know, like even when I was playing ball, I was always the funniest guy in the locker room. Mm. My basketball career fell short. Long story short, the head assistant on every college basketball team is the person who goes out and recruits the players and then essentially tells the head coach who to put in the game, which pieces will work for him in the game. Mm-hmm. Put so-and-so in because he can defend. He can slow that guy down who's hot. Sure. Or this guy's a great jump shooter. Get him off the bench. He can knock down some threes. They've got you know, a hole in their defense over there in the corner. Mm-hmm. So that's what the head assistant is doing. Keep in mind that the head assistant is almost like when you see a lion come into a pride and they start killing off the other cubs. So whenever a head assistant comes in, he wants to make sure his players are the ones that are playing. So it looks like he Mm. is marked on the team. Mm -hmm. So as a college basketball player, what you don't ever want to happen, which rarely happens, is the head assistant to leave. So I'm at University of Minnesota after my first year, the head assistant stands up, starts with a sad speech and starts looking at the players that he recently recruited like, sorry, (laughs) but I got to go. Good luck with that new lion coming in here. Oh, that was your guy. That was my guy. So that's what happened to me at the University of Minnesota, right? But the likelihood of this happening to you in your college career is slim to none because most head assistants stay with the head coach essentially for eternity. I mean, yeah, because, or they go into the next, they become the head coach, right? Right. But it's not very often that there's a head coaching position open. You know what I mean? And it's still probably often going to come from the elite school. Somebody who's Mm. playing with Duke's coach. 
mm-hmm. or with Kentucky's coach. Those head, those head assistants are going to fill those jobs quickly. Mm-hmm. So the, the likelihood of your head assistant leaving just not very high. And a lot of them are comfortable where they're being anyway. All of them don't even aspire to ever be a head coach. Mm-hmm. That's what happened in Minnesota. I transferred back to Colorado State. So, yeah, like I said, it never happens that your head assistant leaves. I get back to Colorado State after my first year. Lo and behold, the head assistant stands up, starts crying and says, and then my teammates are looking at me like, there's no way that happened to this guy twice. Wow. Balling, I start bawling. My teammates start bawling. They were like, you have got to be the unluckiest human being in the history of college sports. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I never even knew that. I just, you know, figured I didn't uh, even know the story, but wow. So the probability of that happening, you almost probably have a better chance of being hit by lightning. Mm. It really is that low. Mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm, Something mm-hmm. around getting hit by lightning or a shark attack, sure. two head assistants leaving in two years. It just, it yeah. literally yeah, so that kind of doomed my career. I take that back. It didn't do my career. It wouldn't have doomed my career had I been tough enough mentally to know what to do, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which meant that I needed to spend twice as much time in the gym, maybe three times as much time in the gym to just force no matter what this new coach who came in yeah. was going to do to me to force myself on the court. And I did probably twice as much as I was doing before and just didn't do enough. Yeah. But I, I learned that lesson. And I was always the funniest guy in the locker room. So I wanted to apply what I had learned in basketball to comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, yeah, I was I was able to do that. I was also able to apply the lesson of not leaving. So, you know, like um, I had transferred after the new coach had come in where as if I would have just kept working, put my head down and said, okay, I'm just going to have to work twice as hard or three times as hard to ever play on this team. Yeah. There's a new coach coming in. I would have been okay. Probably would have played in the NBA, but I, I wasn't there yet. I didn't right. understand what the work needed to be, but I did understand that leaving Minnesota, I had jumped out of the, the jelly into a jam going to CSU because me and the coach at CSU hated one another. At least me and the coach at Minnesota, the head coach liked each other. Me and the head coach at CSU hated each other, but it didn't matter because the head assistant would have been saying, hey, you guys don't like each other. But once he was gone. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, that guy. Oh, hmm." I don't like him anyway. Mm -hmm. I mean, so I was really in a bad situation. But I so I learned that you just got to stick it out. So I applied that also to comedy. Like I said, I was always the funniest guy in the locker room. Mm -hmm. I had a TV show in college called College Days. I wanted to be a talk show host on TV, the Jerry Springer's of the world. Okay. And I found out that everyone that was on TV, every movie that I liked, every single one of them was a stand-up comedian. Ah. And I found that out from my dear guy, Dr. Yates, who was the president at, the, at Colorado State University. I don't know where you are, Dr. Yates. I love you. But he was the one that told me, you know, go pursue your dreams. And if the comedy thing doesn't work out because you were so gracious sitting there on the end of the bench, I will help you find a job at any point in time in your life, as long as I'm alive or not, you know, talking to the media and saying that you were getting screwed up here, which I was. So he made that commitment to me. I came out here and started doing comedy. I came out here with one box, put it down on my sister's couch and started bawling. And then my sister said, oh, my God, no, I can buy you a ticket home. And I told my sister I wasn't crying because I wanted to go home. I was crying because I was never going home. Mm. 
ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This time I was not going to transfer. I was going to stick it out no matter what happened. And New York was rough. You know, when you go from captain of the basketball team, you know, the king of campus to yeah. New York City. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you were a small fish, small fry. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. A tiny fish in the biggest ocean. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so how did you get your breakthrough? What was the, you know, how did you start to inch your way up? Oh, just yeah. taking my lumps. You know, uh-huh, I mean, uh-huh. first you, you first you get on stage and they used to have what's called a New Jack segment and you would go on stage and you would bomb, you know, and Black people will let you have it, you know? I remember <laughs> one time I was doing a show and this woman came and she's talking real loud to her friends. Mm-hmm. She's got a fur coat on. And I said, hey, you know, you're talking real loud. And, some, you know, most of the times when you're engaging with the crowd they're going to say something like oh man go ahead do your job or oh man you're just not funny right now something that you can use something to kind of get back at them you know they're Mm -hmm. going to use something that you can use to to work into a joke and i remember this woman turned and looked at me and she said fuck you bitch (laughs) 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 yo and she yelled she looked right at me and she said, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> I'm a new comedian, right? So I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> I didn't have no comeback. You didn't have, oh. <laughs> it was almost like she took a fist of fire and just threw it at me and it just exploded on my chest. She said, fuck you, bitch. I remember one time I was down in Virginia and Leslie Jones who used to rock with me at the Two Steps Down. Les is like my big sister. And actually, Leslie just plugged Blap. She put thousands of people on the app with one quick post. Yay. Um, yeah, I love her. So Les t- took me down to Virginia Beach, and there's four or 500 people. You know, Leslie was already a, a headliner. She was cooking back then when I first started. And, uh, and there's four or 500 people in here. And anyone who knows me knows that I'm not the fashionista, right? So <laughs> that's however I'm dressed. And I got on it sweatshirts, jeans, and these whatever boots that I've been wearing forever. And I remember I get on stage and I say, hey, how y'all feeling? You know, and they were like, eh, because they were still kind of talking. I'm the first one on stage. I said, come on, y'all. I came all the way down here from Brooklyn. Y'all could do better than that. And everybody's like, yeah. One guy over in the corner, when I said, I'm from Brooklyn, y'all could do better than that. This dude from over in the corner, there's four or five hundred people there. He said, yeah, from the looks of them boots, it looked like you walked. <laughs> Luckily, luckily the crowd wasn't settled yet. And then they didn't hear it. They didn't hear it. (laughs) But I remember after the show, he came to shake my head. I pulled that nigga in close. I said, I heard what you said about my boots. (laughs) He said, oh, man, you was funny as hell. I'm sorry. I said, no, I just wanted to tell you that was a good one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We had a good laugh about it. Oh, God. So speaking about Brooklyn, so my my next question is usually um, why the where? And it's how did you come to be living and working where you're playing? And so you said you came to New York City. New York City is five boroughs. Tell us exactly how you decided where in New York City and why the where of of that piece of your migration? Well, the the where was because my sister lived in Fort Greene, Brooklyn. Okay. So it was like a couch that I could crash on. You know what I mean? I didn't have any money after after college. So it was just like I needed to go somewhere. My sister was like, hey, come out here. And by the grace of God, yeah, she helped me get through the rockiest time. 
you know, that first year when you touch down somewhere is, and again, the, you, you know, the, I was, I used to sit on the edge of my bed every morning and cry. I'm not even joking before I went to, I, oh yeah. First of all, anyone who knows me knows that I hate the more back then, I hated the mornings. I was not a morning person. Mm-hmm. I actually, one of the reasons I wanted to do comedy is because I wouldn't have to get up in the morning. I know that sounds silly, but it's true. Mm-hmm. So it was devastating to have to get up and do these. You know, I had this uh, this job on Wall Street just to keep the lights on. But I would I would sit there and, and I would cry every morning before I went to work. And then I would get up and get on the train. And then I had a internship after that at Viacom, which was brutal. So yeah, I was working like 10 hours a day, probably making, I don't know, $180, $200 a week or something like that. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was really tough. But the reason why was my sister was here in New York. Okay. Um, so that was, is what landed me here. And I, I hated New York back then too. So it was just me just having to compartmentalize it and, and tough it out. Yeah. Family ties. But what did you hate about New York back then? I don't know. I just thought New York was dirty. I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought that, you know, the, the, that New Yorkers were cocky music wise, you know what I mean? And by yeah, then yeah. we had, I had grown up in the era where the West coast yeah. had, had kind of said, fuck that New York sound. Yeah. There was almost a rebellion to it. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, true. That's true. Yeah. yeah we did. Good. We did have our own. Yeah. I took moving East to start to really embrace East. I would say, yeah, my musical, my musical taste. I would agree with you there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So family, but what, what keeps you staying? I mean, I'm you're a, still in Brooklyn. Yeah. I mean, anybody who knows me, I mean, fortunately you have, you're one of the few people who knows every iteration of me mm-hmm. knows that I'm a competitive human being. So, you know, just like when I got to high school, my sister was like, yeah, when you got to high school, you know, people were like, oh yeah, that's Desiree's brother. And she said, when I left high school, they were like, that's John's sister. And she said, when you came to New York, they were like, that's Desiree's brother. Uh-huh. And she said, well, I'm John's sister. And she said, I don't I don't have any problem with it. She said, she tells all her friends, my brother, if he locks into something, you know, it's yeah. going to be one of the best to do it. Yeah. So yeah. make no bones about it. No matter where you start, eventually you're going to be John's friend or John's brother or John something. And this yeah. dude is very, very competitive. So yeah, once I got here and I put my you know, my flag in the ground, I was like, and I knew I wasn't going home. It was just about, okay, how do I, how do I find my way to the top of this food chain? Sure, sure, sure. So and this- I had mistakes of basketball mm-hmm. to help with the progress of comedy. And I have the mistakes of basketball and comedy to help me in this tech business. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Makes sense. So before we move on to Balap, you were just talking about, you know, putting your flag down and, and knowing who and where you want to be. I want to, we want to hear what you hear. So this is where I ask you to share a word, a phrase, or a saying that is a meaningful part of your local experience and how or why you came to value it as local speak. That is a meaningful part. I would say, uh, say less. Say less. Yes. Okay. All right. And the reason I say that, cause that's very, uh, that's very a Brooklyn thing. Like, yo, say less is say less means we done talking about it. I'm going to do it. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm a doer. I'm just not, you know, there's so many people who are like, yo, man, I'm thinking about moving to New York or I got this app idea or, yo, I'm thinking about doing comedy. And it's like people who, who gets shit done. You like, yo, man, you think you could say less? Yeah. I'm on. Yeah. 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 I'm, yeah. I'm doing, we doing, we done talking. Say less. Right. All right. I yeah. like that. Yeah. That is very like, yeah. Brooklyn's like, keep it short. 
Yeah. 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 Let's yeah. Get it done. Yeah. You come come to do it or move. Yes. Or you come to talk about it. Yeah. Exactly. Just about to talk it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. say less. Okay. Okay. That's a good one. So now let us talk about Blap. Like, so, you know, you've had this illustrious comedy career. And let me just do a plug for John's movie. Because John, and so the, when you said Say Less, I thought about the barbershop. <laughs> and that was a key piece of, of your one bedroom, which is a movie that you were in. There's a lot of people like, I got this movie idea. I'm like, we we shot it. I'm not going to sit here and be talking about it. Yeah. Go to Amazon. <laughs> say, yeah. Say yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's one bedroom. That'll be in the show notes. But let's talk about Blap. Like, just tell us, how did you come up with this concept? How is it evolving? Where are you going with it? Um, so long story short, how I came up with it, you know, you watch a guy who's your exact same height and George Floyd, exact same weight, me and George Floyd, same skin color, you know, get choked out. Let me tell you what's even creepier than that. You watch a guy get choked out and then you watch a city board itself up for the verdict, Mm. meaning Mm -hmm. that even though we all watched this guy get choked to death, Minneapolis was so sure that he was going to jail that they boarded the city up. Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. sad is that? Yeah. That you can watch somebody who looks exactly like me, my exact same height, size, weight, skin color, get choked to death from start to finish, and they still ain't sure that's enough to lock somebody up. Because you know, if some white woman had been under that knee, nobody would have boarded up anything. Mm-hmm. There wouldn't have been, nobody would have went to Home Depot mm-hmm. if you saw a white woman like that on camera. Yeah. But us, still not sure yeah. that's enough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A modern day lynching. Still not sure if that's enough. Mm-hmm. So I was out marching, you know, protesting with everybody else yelling and screaming. There's an old saying in the hood, if you knew better, you do better. Mm-hmm. I know better. Mm-hmm. You know, I was an economics major with an emphasis in poverty. So I know about the circulation of the black dollar. Yeah. So I just I was like, I got to do more than this. This can't be my contribution to the movement out here yelling and screaming when I know that this is going to end. And I went home and it's funny because, yo, you will get a kick out of this. This is how much we know each other. I went home and text somebody that we went to school with, Margot Merrill. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Classmate. Yeah. Used to work at Facebook. And I said, hey, she used to work at Facebook. So I knew she knew the circle of people. Yeah. I was at the starting point. Yeah. Text her and said, hey, I want to create an app. She, she hit me right back. June 5th of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, this is going to be difficult is what she hit me back. It's going to be really difficult. And I was like, I'm out of work. <laughs> not, not, not oh, like yeah. I'm, yeah. You're one of those creatives that was. Yeah. 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 Comedy was shut down for a year. Sure. And I was like, yo, I don't have nothing but time. Yeah. And then she put me to work on doing the research, whatever, whatever. And then by the grace of God, she had dinner guests. Her husband says, hey, I'm not going to believe what Margot's working on. Dinner guest says, tell your friend I'll do it. I'll do it for free. So my friend Matt, who was very 20 years versed in Google technology, said that he was going to try it, but he was going to try to do something different than all the other apps had done. So instead of us taking each little business and putting them on a map, you know, like you see some of these other apps do and they're like, oh, it works in Brooklyn and it works in Atlanta and it works in L.A. Mm -hmm. He said, I'm going to dump it all on the map and we'll pull out what's not supposed to be in there and Mm -hmm. see what happens. Mm -hmm. So he, he... when he said that, he told me, he said, listen, John, I'm not sure it's going to work. And I said, OK, well, how much will it cost me to pay somebody that knows that it'll work? He said it's around 40, 50,000. 
I said, I'll try your way. <laughs> <laughs> Looking like a startup <laughs> entrepreneur. Like a startup CEO. I said, you know what? I'm going to go ahead with your gamble, bro. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we went with it. He yeah. sent it back to me. Uh, my business partners, my buddy, Sean, who's down at New Labs, who was in uh, Airbnb early. And then a business partner of mine named Ikram, who created Venmo. I sent it to those guys because okay. I got great advice from one of my friends, my buddy Tracy Morgan, years ago. He said, John, don't never trust a motherfucker. Don't never ask somebody for something they don't got. That's one of the greatest pieces of advice ever given to me. Don't never ask a motherfucker about something that they don't got. Don't never ask somebody for advice about something they don't got. And um, That's, a, and that's I, good I, advice. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I went to the my two advisors. I sent them the prototype that my buddy Matt had put together for me. And that's when the light bulb went off. They were like, this isn't what we thought you were going to send us. Mm. Huge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is easily the best piece of technology ever to support Black-owned businesses. We just downloaded it. You're going to have something that could very well change the way people spend their money on your hands. And you know, you're going to have to hand this off to a development firm that can make it look nice and move smooth and, you know, mm-hmm. and we got the app back. Yeah, people mm-hmm. went, I mean, mm-hmm. they started writing articles. The Daily News wrote an article before I was even finished with the app because the guy opened it up and said, yo, man, I found a place down the street. I ate lunch there. I want to write an article about this. Ah, uh, yeah, that's dope. Yeah. It's, You've been on Black Enterprise. Yeah, Black Enterprise. And, yeah. yeah. Talk to the Washington Post. We're going to be doing, yeah, we're going to be doing some big morning shows starting next Tuesday. Yay! Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think we're going to be doing the Breakfast Club. I'm looking for a uh, and, and hopefully we'll start doing some brand partnerships. Yeah. Anybody out there know Mav Carter, holler at me because I know LeBron's got a new uh, a new liquor. I'm talking to another group of people who are household name, two of them, two household name folks that also we may be able to, because we can get liquor on the app now, clothing. We're doing Divine oh, okay, okay. Divine 9 clothing. All that'll be on there shortly. Um, sure. Sure, sure. We're doing Black Live, so there'll be church, there'll be workouts, there'll oh, be wow. Mobile. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a great idea. So, like, if you travel somewhere and you, you know, yeah, church makes sense. Like, you don't know where to go, but you're like, let's see what churches. Yeah, makes a lot of sense, especially you know in the age of Corona. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So, well, we'll also we should also have live streaming church on there too on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, like because yeah. Corona, people aren't going. So exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so all that is coming to an app near you pretty soon as well. Yeah, and so if you all didn't catch it, BLAP stands for Black App, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the logo is dope, yo. Like if you, you know, I'm I'm happy this is. We're in Black History Month, and I'm happy that this is my first Black History Month interview because it's just a great way to kick off just the conversation about where are we going, how do we support each other, and how do we just grow as a community and heal as a community. So let me ask you this. So you said something about the revolutionary technology. Tell us exactly how you are differentiating yourself from from those other apps. Because I'm on the app. I have the app. I've searched through it. So some, one thing he didn't mention is services. That's something that's also on there. So it's stores, it's services. It, it's a lot of things. So so tell us how, how the app works for a user. What is the user experience? The user experience is first thing that the user experience is the geolocation of the nearby businesses. Mm-hmm. So 
no matter where you're standing, it'll tell you what's right around you. And then you kind of pick what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Are you looking for a restaurant? You're looking for a bar? You're looking for a haircut? You're looking for a liquor store? You're looking for a bakery? You're looking for a clothing store? Mm-hmm. So all that's right there nearby. One touch. Just pick what you want. Yep. And then, like you said, there's services. So there's doctors on there. There's therapists on there. There's lawyers on there. There's financial institutions that we're getting on there. I'm also going to be looking to add which you will love, Florence, uh, <laughs> dispensaries. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, yes, I am a cannabis supporter. I really believe in that industry, and and yes, I will like that. <laughs> I remember one time I was like, "How come we don't hang out?" He was like, "You don't smoke." <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, hopefully I'll be getting cannabis supplies on there and dispensaries near you. Mm-hmm. Because we, um, Florence knows, because most of the time when people say Denver, people think of, uh, you know, white women and skiing. But Florence can attest to it that I'm not from the part of Denver that was white women and skiing. Yeah. Um, yeah. They used to shoot it out where I'm from. And I got a lot of homies that's in jail for, that are still upstate for selling mm-hmm. weed. Right. Right. So you talk about uh, 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 talk about reparations. Mm-hmm. He's hand that over to us. And I definitely want to identify all the black owned places that people could go and support because you're going to buy weed anyway. Yes. There's some things, especially with black, that you're going to do anyway. Take, right. for example, I'm uh, trying to start a campaign like right now. There's no reason not to order because we have florists on black. Yeah. Now, days coming up. Everybody's buying flowers. Buy them on black. Yeah. You don't where you buy your flowers, go on black and buy the damn flowers this sure. year. Sure, sure, yeah. sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So how did you how are you going about getting com- businesses? Like what is so in terms of that, do you have like people who are walking the streets? Like how are, how did you put, do the call for businesses? How are you aggregating all these different well, first providers? Of all, it was it was public data. Okay. Because a lot of these businesses were identifying themselves as black owned. So we okay. were able to initially get that information, but Blap took it a step further. So mm-hmm. this is where when I say the best piece of technology in the last 400 years, this is where I can I can say that this is where we separate ourselves. Mm. There's also a feature in Blab that says add a business. So mm. anything you mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. in your neighborhood can add it. Now, with X number of people getting on the app, eventually we're going to easily have the most accurate database on Earth. Sure. Because people will let us know. There's also a flagging feature for businesses that we put in there that shouldn't be in there that are not black owned. You can flag it and we pull those out every morning. Mm-hmm. The app is actually getting more accurate literally every day. Mm, okay. You know what I mean? Until we have the, the most accurate picture again ever. Okay. And we're pretty close now. Okay. Yeah. Most people who open it up are like, yo, John, this is it. This is what's in my area. You know, oh, you missed this. I'll add it. Right. And you can just type it in, bing, bing, and it's done. Sure, sure, sure. So, John, how do you make money on an app? Initially, you don't. You keep doing comedy. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> I'm still at the seller. But, I mean, eventually, what there's a, there's tons of ways once you start getting people on the app. One, you can just sell it. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, when they get to, say, 10,000 downloads, 50,000 downloads, they just sell their app. Mm-hmm. I have a friend who sold his recently. I think he had 50, 60,000 downloads. He sold his, just sold his Spotify. I think it's 40, 50 million he sold it for. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah. Or you could trade it public. Or, like, say, for example, some of the things that I told you, like church on there, mm-hmm. the workouts, the yoga, all that, I'll have a paywall. Okay. So I know a lot of, you know, people, a lot of my 
female friends are like, hey, yeah, I have this workout thing that I go to. It's 20 bucks. Yeah. You know, I don't want to spend that $20 this time. So on Blap, I think we're going to do something like a $5 holla. Oh, so okay. Bucks, it'll be five bucks. You can jump on there. You know ah, what I mean? Okay. But, okay. Yeah. But there'll be a paywall. So maybe ways like that. I could put advertising on there. I'm not a fan of advertising. Yeah. There may be some advertising like big stuff. Like say, for example, there's the BET Awards. Might mm-hmm. open up in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll pay for a spot like that. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, bigger stuff. And I don't want there to be a bunch of ads in there. So there's tons of ways to make money, but they're pretty much down the line because I don't make a penny off of Blab now. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so will you do you think you'll ever charge businesses to register and be on the app? I'd rather not, mm-hmm. you know. And the first thing now that I'm talking to these venture capitalists who want to get their money in the black, mm-hmm. the first thing they're like is let's charge the businesses. That's immediately yeah, that's, that's um, yeah, that's the first thought is like, whoa, pay to play. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Let's charge the businesses. That's the first thing they think. I what what may happen is I may charge the online businesses. But the businesses in your area that I want to be, I want those registers ringing right away. Yeah. I just, I don't see it. I think there's other ways to do it. Yeah. So I would, it would probably be a back and forth with people who want to put money in, or I would have to find somebody who's willing to put money in and say, hey, John, let those businesses eat and let's find another way to make money off the Yeah, app. yeah, yeah. Well, the other question that people always ask about kind of this tech world is, you know, are you selling data? You know, is that something that is part of, your business model, like you have all these, you're going to amass a ton of users that have to somehow have, you know, registration. And, you know, that's the Facebook model. That's the social media model as they sell right. data. Is that part of the Blap story? It's definitely not now, mm-hmm. nor have I been contacted about it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that looks like. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't answer that question because right now I'm just trying to get some registers to rent. <laughs> Which is the core. Yeah, that's the core of it is, you know, we we have people who have businesses and it's great. You know, I had friends who were asking me the other day on a group chat, you know, people are always asking for the dentist, they're asking for graphic designers, they're asking for all kinds of businesses. And so it's great to have an app that that definitely broadcasts that. So are you nationwide? Oh yeah, Black works around the world. Oh, it's, it's global. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah, it's Black. global. Yo, <laughs> Black. Blap works in Toronto, it works in Amsterdam, it works in London, it works in South Africa. Oh, yeah. that's dope. Yay for Blap. Oh, yeah. Blap yeah. works around the world. So, yeah, I, I have people that are using it in London. Yay. People, I, my boy hit me from Amsterdam. Nice. Hit me the other day. He was like, yo, son, I just got this. Send me a picture. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm sitting up in this shop. I just found this on your app. I took my people there. I was like, yo, my boy got this app. And he said, yo, we found this shop. He said the food was sure. great. Sure, sure, yeah. sure, sure. I've been hit from London. I've been hit from Amsterdam. I've been hit from Toronto. I've been, um, my homegirl's going to South Africa. She found some spots on there. So, yeah. Oh, it, yay. Good. Oh, yeah. It fits right in with our global, global exactly. audience. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So, I'm going to definitely be sure. I mean, obviously, the show notes are going to be on there, but, but we want people to add businesses, you know. And do you have ratings or anything like that? Or are you just putting businesses on? You know what the thing was? It's a, it's a black owned app. So I didn't want, I want the energy in there to be positive. So mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I'm going to leave those, the comments and all that to Yelp. And you can look mm-hmm. at the Yelp. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Look at the Yelp reviews and the Yelp ratings. Sure. But I didn't want those right away in black. What we started to do was where you could go to a place and rate it the smallest fist being a one and then all the way up the side of it. <laughs> 
That's but key. We kind of opted out of that. We make, you know, maybe down the line. Yeah. Right now, I just wanted to make sure that we got the things that people were most concerned about. One was flagging a business. Two is adding a business. How do I add a business? How do I add a business? People yeah. kept asking that. Yeah. Yeah. And that chatter has gone down, fortunately, because we got to add a business in there. So people are adding, you know, whatever oh, they good. Good, 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 good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Really, it's a really good looking app, folks. So, yay. So, um, you know, I haven't tried using it when I'm abroad. So now I know I can use it anywhere I go. Yeah. Wonderful, yes. wonderful, yes. wonderful. So let me ask you this. It's my mindset hack question. And so what is your favorite or an innovative mindset hack? So this is one that you can imagine or one that you know of. Favorite mindset hack? Mm. I think it is... Self-help, probably uh, Abraham Hicks. Mm, okay, okay, yeah. okay. Abraham Hicks has been my guiding light. The only time that I've been unable to access the law of attraction has been when I was in and out of rehab. So I spiraled out of control with the drinking and cocaine, probably for like seven years straight. I, I just couldn't get the fog out of my head. So then I was unable to deliberately create. Mm. I mean, as long as I'm a sound mind, um, I would say Abraham Hicks. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Abraham Hicks teaching myself to to get into the feeling place of having what I'm after already. So, I mean, I've I've already been in the feeling place of ringing the bell on Wall Street and mm-hmm. the private jets. I'll tell you a really crazy story: is I'm on a private jet. Mm-hmm. Not like I'm always on private jets. <laughs> me and my buddy were doing something. We were working this time last year. It's okay. actually January of last year. Uh-huh. And my someone who worked for him is sitting on the jet. And I asked him, I said, where are we staying when we get to L.A.? But we're about to take off. He's sending me the information. He said, I just airdropped it to you. Did you get it? And I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm talking about like the plane is, the nose is up, but the wheels are off the ground because we're trying to get this thing airdropped. Yeah. And I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm like, I said, yo, it didn't come through. He said, oh, okay. Well, I'll, when we get up, I'll set it on Wi-Fi, whatever. He, you know, we forget once we took off. So we get to Los Angeles uh-huh. and we get to this house and my boy's doing really well. So the house is immaculate. It's crazy. And in the middle of the night, the airdrop pops up. Mm-hmm. I open up the picture that he sent me, and it was a picture that I had posted in my Mansion Crush Monday. <gasps> oh, so is that where you were? To, for people, for the for the listeners, I used to post these pictures of these mansions on Mondays, uh-huh. and the idea was that that was my vision board, but I was making it public. And underneath the pictures, I would put, "Why not you? Like, why can't you get this? Sure, why not me?" This is possible if we put our minds to it and then put the effort behind it, yeah. you know, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And lo and behold, I was sleeping in one of my mansion crush moments. Hey, wow. That's pretty dope. Because you got, so you must have gotten there like in the evening or something. So you didn't necessarily rec- recognize it. Right. Ah. And the way that we came in. Oh. These mansions are built into these hills. Sure. So you come in the parking lots upstairs and then you walk down into the house. Sure. Oh, I didn't realize. And then the picture is from some helicopter on the hill. Looking yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you would have known. Yeah. Looking at the, looking at, yeah. Uh-huh. And I looked and I was like, oh my God, this is one of my cribs from Mansion Crush Mondays that I used to post. And now I'm sleeping in this house. But it was just a sign you're headed in the right yeah. direction. Yeah, yeah. And on that same flight, mm-hmm. 
as the plane took off was when the first money came into Black. Wow. Okay. The first investor came into Black on that same flight. So not only was I in that house, it was now within my within my mental reach to believe yeah. I could I could buy this house. Sure. 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 In the next three years. I might be, you know, I might be in and out of black and be able to go out there and say, oh yeah, 10 million, yeah, take that. So it wasn't like I was just like, oh yeah, I see my law of attraction got me here and I got to spend the night here. It was like, no. <laughs> Just so you, it was like almost like my law of attraction was saying, you're on the right path, bro. Right, right. Stay right here. Sure. Yeah. Leave the sure. cocaine and the drinking and all that bullshit behind. We about to set you up with, with the good good. Nice, nice. Yeah. Oh, that's a lovely story. I like it. I like it. I like it. Nice. Cool. Okay, John. So let's get to know you who's not being the, a tech startup CEO or the comedian. Are you a listener, a reader? Or a watcher? What do you do in your spare time? What do you do to take your mind from the work of it all? I would say I'm a watcher. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. I mean, you can take a nigga out the ville. You can't take the ville out of nigga. So I still watch a lot of crime docs. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> junkie, which I shouldn't be. I wish that I watched something that was more constructive or listened to more constructive podcasts. But sometimes, like, when I need to get my brain from work mode, which I do, I am... I mean, and people are like constantly beating me up. Like, dude, you work, you got to stop. You got to find yeah. something. Go on yeah. vacation, that, the other. Yeah. So like, yeah, to, to take my brain off at the end of the day, I'm either watching politics or, uh, or you know, some first 48, some discovery ID crime docs. So you said <laughs> discovery, where did, so for those that, that like that or want to understand it, what do you watch? You said discovery? Discovery ID is where all the crime documentary shows are. Ah, okay. Yeah, you know, women that kill or, you know, <laughs> neighbors that kill. Or, you know, one <laughs> of those dumb, You know, that's shows. so funny because I have a girlfriend from, from Colorado as well. And whenever I go to her house in Ghana, <laughs> it will be always on in the background. I'm like, what is up with these crime stories? <laughs> yeah. Yo, they have this really good show out of Colorado now. It's what? called Valley, Valley of the Damned. Oh, so, you know, like my boys, you know, when, when people get locked up, they'd be like, yeah, he's up in the mountains mm. for a long time. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's where all those prisons are yeah. in Colorado. Right. That's true. Yeah. And they made a show called Valley of the Dams about the area where all those prisons are. But it's a crime documentary series called Valley of the Dams. It's so funny. Okay. It's in Colorado. Okay. Yeah. That's a good one. That might, that might be worth like just curiosity. Yeah. Take me to look that one up. Okay. I love space documentaries. I'm a space nerd. Which yeah, is me crazy. too. That's for sure. Yeah, I love space. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, space documentaries. I can't get enough of those either. Yeah. Especially if most of the documentaries in space instead of some nerd sitting at a desk telling us about space. Like, motherfucker, show, show the space stuff. <laughs> <laughs> show the space stuff. Yeah. A lot of dis- Yo, Disney Plus has got some dope stuff on there now. Yeah, that's what I heard. You know, they're putting on a run for the money. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Disney okay. Plus has got dope stuff on there. Okay. Um, Mandalorian and all that stuff was super good. Nice. Nice, nice. Okay. So you, you've you given us a lot of good food for watch. Yes. So, John, I don't want to keep you too much longer. I know you have busy black business to take care of. But before you go, tell us what's next. What's next for, for you? What's next for Blab? What could we be looking out for? What should we be looking out for? 
Um, I think other than Black Live, you know, like I said, we'll have the workouts on there, the, the yoga, the church, maybe some comedy shows on there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm debating as to whether to do comedy or not on there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's just it. I mean, you know, pushing the app, I think we're going to add a feature where which needs to be done. So that should be done in the next. It always takes two weeks, three weeks tops, but there will be the ability for you to have a profile on Blap and then connect with your friends. Oh, okay. So, okay. Yeah, it might say Florence checked into or Florence bought da 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 da. Okay. And you'll see a ping when your friends do the same thing. You'll have it sounds like you're going to be giving Black people meat a little run for their money. Yeah. <laughs> a new definition of Black people meat. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I like it. Um, so yeah, we'll be yeah. So we'll be doing that. That'll be happening on Blap, and then that'll create electricity in Blap. And I don't know. People are just really good. The one thing that I can say is I've been so blessed because everyone who comes in contact with Blap, like, and even interviews that I've been doing, people have been like, "Hey, you know what? You should do my, you know, like I do a podcast, and my friends are like, "Hey, you should do my friends' podcast too, or you should talk to mm-hmm. da 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 yeah. Everybody's got another name or or like I, you know, when we talk, you're like, hey, come do my podcast. Yeah. So everybody's like, hey, how do we how do yeah. we help get all yeah. there? Yeah. And exactly. that's how it's been growing. Exactly. And I mean we we I think we hit the app store late uh September, so at the beginning of October. And we're, you know, we'll be up over twenty thousand downloads before next week. Wow, um, that's awesome. So do you did you have a goal like any like monthly goals, like ten thousand downloads, twenty thousand? What you do have you set those kind of Metrics. I've, I've learned from the people close to me in this business to be focused on improving the tech. Mm-hmm, 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 you know, mm-hmm. instead of worrying about these lofty goals, make the app better. Yeah, yeah. And more people will tell more people. Yeah. So that's what I tried to stay focused on because I was going to take a bunch of money and be, you know, call up my friends who've done, you know, the Michael Blacksons, you know, people I've known for twenty years that got seven, eight million dollars. Let me just go straight to him with the money, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, they're like, nah, just put that money back into the tech. Yeah. You know, versus trying to explode the numbers right away. And I unfortunately I listened because there were a lot of kinks that I didn't see before Mm -hmm. learning as we scale slower. Sure. But we're we're knocking down the problems and answering some of the concerns that people want. People are like, oh, you should do this. You should do that. And as we get it on there, people are like, oh, yeah, I love it even more now. And they share with more people. Wonderful. Wonderful. So how can we reach you? How can we find John? At He Was Funny. And he was. Follow me. He was funny. Um, everybody, please download Black. Yeah. It's Black History Month, so I'm asking everyone during Black History Month. We're calling it Black History Month. We're trying to have a shareathon, so we're asking everybody to do their part and share it with five people this okay. month. Okay, done. Yeah, done. I've done it. I'll, I'll, I'll do it to five more people, and I'm gonna yes. I'm gonna add at least three businesses. Yes. So if we if we could do that, I mean, if each person adds whatever businesses in their area, that means the app is way better and shares it with five people. Then it's it'll it'll do what it's supposed to do. Yeah, and it's not. I'm not asking that people to share with a hundred, but just five for the month. Yeah, find five people. Say you got to check out this app, download it, and and we'll be in great shape. And imagine the money in these registers. You know, the first time I use app, I I was talking to a friend of mine. I just got the prototype that day. Mm-hmm. She's from Eritrea. I sent her the thing. She's so pro-black. She was like, John, this is exactly what me and my girl's been looking for. It was her birthday. I said, I'm going to go across the street to this wine store. I'm getting you two bottles. What do you want? She said, why don't you use the app? 
Yeah. I said, oh my God. I hit liquor stores in Black, find out there's a liquor store two and a half blocks away. Yeah. I go down there, I get her two bottles, I come out of the liquor store, just started crying. Oh. Yes, because, you know, before I had made that purchase, an app is just about what color should this be? What shape should this icon be? It wasn't real yet. Ah, yeah. I put in the money in that register for the first time. That was Blap's first purchase. Yeah. It was like, oh my God, this is what all that work was about. Mm -hmm. This is what Margo was about. This is what the guy in Silicon Valley has been doing for me. It finally all came to a head in that register. Mm -hmm. Them taking the money, me walking out with the wine and being like, oh my God, I made a conscious decision to go do that. And then it dawned on me, well, wait a minute. What if we could get a million people? This is what made me cry. What if we get a million people on the app that use it one time and never use it again for the rest of their lives? No one ever uses it again. That would have been $50 million. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just $1, right. yeah. yeah. Just one Yeah. purchase ever again. A million people on the app used it one time and then deleted it for the rest of their lives. Yeah. That would have been $50 million in those registers. Sure. So imagine what the real potential is. Sure. If we say, you know what? I'll commit to using Black twice a week. Imagine what the impact on those businesses, on the community, mm-hmm. on this person's kids going to college versus mm-hmm. spending it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We can make a real difference. And what do you got to do? Open it up? Flowers for Valentine's Day. Yeah. What are we going to do next week? Lunch. What are we going to do next week? One thing. Yeah. I'll buy a, I'll buy a black t-shirt, black sweatshirt. Yeah. Help promote it, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. It, it. it can go a long way with very little effort now. Sure. I, again, like I said, I believe this is the best tool. I, oh, I don't even have to think anymore. I think the debate is over. It is the best tool in American history to support Black-owned businesses. I can say that for now. Yeah. There's going to be people who come on my heels. But for now, yeah. there's never been a tool easier than this that yeah. works across the country. Yeah. More black owned businesses, and I hope that people use it during Black History Month and more importantly, share it with five people, right? And integrate it into their lives. But I love it, yes, yes. Yeah. And that's our North Star to try to change the way that people think about the way they spend their money. And if we could do that, then these businesses will be thriving. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you for the work that you are doing, John Laster. Thank you for having me. Yes, yes, yes. All right, local citizens, this has been another episode of the podcast. You can catch us each and every Tuesday with new episodes at localcitizenspod.com. Google, Amazon, Apple, wherever you get your podcast, you can find us. So come on and do it. And just remember, get your Black app and also support Black businesses. You know, I'm so inspired. Thank you so much, John. Oh, thank you. We're on the App Store and the Play Store because people are always like, is it on the Play Store? Yeah, it's it's on the App and the Play Store. There you go. There you go. So come on and step aboard. All right, folks, until next time. Bye for now.